Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a university challenge appreciation podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Yvonne. Hey, Tom. Hey, Yvonne. Guess what? What? I think we made it to episode 10. <gasps> no. Yep. We did it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whoever could have seen this happening? Not me, for sure. Really? You had that little faith in the podcast? Uh, well, not anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> both reassuring and frightening in equal measure. Hello. That was a very interesting uh, way to start the proceedings here. Yeah. yeah, and well, welcome to episode 10 of I Got That One. Wow, 10 episodes already. How mm-hmm. time flies. We've mm-hmm. been in three different locations recording this podcast. Yeah, and uh, you know, seriously, I am happy for making it to episode 10. I'm happy that people have been listening to us. We have definitive proof that people have been listening to us, <laughs> which uh, is a tease for something we're going to announce near the end of the show. Mm-hmm, so stay Ooh, tuned to the end. Foreshadowing. For a, and for a special surprise. Yes, indeed. Indeed, a special surprise. Completely unlike uh, today's uh, episode, I'm afraid to say. Mm. Um, okay, uh, look. blood was spilt. <laughs> it was a massacre, mm. an absolute, absolute massacre. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you just you do not enjoy watching it. Yeah. Yeah, and the next closest was Birkbeck versus Reading. Mm-hmm. And that was more because Birkbeck were just an absolutely dominating team. Yeah. Whereas this time around, I don't know what happened, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. So, so it's once again an Oxford Cambridge clash. There have yeah. been two so far, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, today's match saw Merton Oxford versus Wolves and Cambridge. Again, it's an interesting one because one is a very old college, yep, the other one so, is a very new one. Mm-hmm, so Merton founded in 1264 and Wolfson founded in 1965, so a whole 700 years apart. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. And do you know how much time is 700 years? Um, yeah, slightly more than 699, a bit less than 701. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was amazing math work right there. Yeah, so anyway, so from Merton, um, some interesting uh, stats from Merton. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was a fellow there. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. A fellow, so that was where he taught. Yeah, that's where he taught, not a student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he went to Cambridge uh, for his actual studies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's where, probably where Lord of the Rings was at least uh, thought of in between yeah, uh, even tuition written, times. I think he, he wrote a lot of it while he was teaching, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he developed the languages while he was uh, a fellow there. That's yeah, for certain. so that's amazing. Other than that, uh, average age 21. Mm-hmm. So once again erring on the younger side of uh, proceedings yep so we had mclean from new zealand doing, doing a, a dfil in english yeah which is equivalent of a phd in oxford speak yep and then the rest are all undergrads as far as i can tell including O'Sheehan, mm-hmm. where it's not spelled like that that's uh, the wonders of gaelic spelling for you yeah so he was doing a ppe politics philosophy and economics yes then we had butchard they were doing english, english yeah and Isota. Was doing physics. Mm-hmm. So, um, leaning definitely more towards humanities and social science, well, English and social sciences, with one scientist. And other than that, uh, the only other thing I wanted to point out is they had a very interesting mascot. It looked a little bit like a elephant in prayer. Oh, right, I didn't notice it. Yeah, there was someone on Twitter who said something <laughs> much, much ruder. And once they said that, I couldn't unsee it, but I refused to repeat it on this okay, uh, family well, show. Well, that's on Twitter, is it? <laughs> It is on Twitter. Just okay. uh, look up uh, the uh, hashtag University Challenge. I think it's the third highest one most recent. Yeah. So anyway, moving on to Wolfson Cambridge. Um, so how Wolfson was introduced was 
by actually talking about one of their more famous university challenge contestants the from the past. The revered, the legendary Eric Monkman, mm-hmm. who got instant fame for barking the answers at Paxman whenever he buzzed in. Yeah, popularly known by his fans as a god amongst men. Yes, frequently uh, compared favorably to other people's children. No, saying that they loved him more than their own children. Yeah. <laughs> this towering, intense Canadian mm-hmm. who won the hearts and minds of uh, the British public. And honestly, he was a true sight to behold. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to be a figure that you describe a college while you're introducing them, I mean, that's an all-time high, I think. I think that probably makes him the most famous alumni of uh, Wolfson, which is <laughs> quite telling. And yeah. I think that kind of weighed heavily on the Wolfson team. I think so. And this is kind of getting into um, how we generally feel Wolfson did. I think this had a lot of bearing on their their, their confidence, I would it say. It probably threw their game somewhat to be reminded, yeah. oh, by the way, you have that reputation to live up to. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but when Eric Monkman was mentioned, the, some of the team uh, members of Wolfson kind of they made this kind of sign gesture and yeah. looking away like, oh God, no, we have such a tough act to follow. I mean, it'd be kind of like when Imperial were introduced, if Paxman said, and from the people who brought us Brandon, <laughs> it's the whoever, whichever losers they could find to fill in their shoes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so you could tell that, you know, it kind of threw them off their game. But anyway, um, getting to the Wolfson players themselves, we had Carvosa um, from Australia doing Australia. Law. Mm-hmm. Doing law, masters of law. Mm-hmm. Klaus from Germany doing an MPhil in international relations and politics, yep. taking slightly longer than the cameraman expected to to yeah, explain definitely. what his uh, deal was. And then the captain G um, doing an MA in environmental policy, which is I think is really cool and important. Yeah, and Schwing from New York doing a PhD in law. Mm-hmm. So what was interesting about the team here was there were no scientists, so this was pure. Um, social sciences if you can uh, group law under social sciences which I think generally you can I mean, so it just definitely no play. hard sciences no mathematics oh for sure and also average age of 28 so mm-hmm. even though it's all postgrads it's not extremely old postgrads although it's very clear that I think Schwing was the most uh, senior of Mature the team candidate. Yeah. yes and uh, with that I guess we should get into uh, this absolute bloodbath mm-hmm. and we start off as a uh, what happened in a lot of the competition is sort of buzzing in and getting it right mm-hmm. and I was very impressed by Isota I was too yeah uh, he was I mean he's not as memorable I would say as you know, for example Webb was mm-hmm. or Sherlock mm-hmm. because they're not he you know he just looks like you're you know kind of run-of-the-mill uh, individual but he was sharp as attack really getting Definitely in there the excellent candidate but that's not to say that the rest of Merton were slouches. Uh, Butchard also buzzed in quite a few times mm-hmm. consistently. Oh, Shehan as well. Definitely. The only one who didn't buzz was uh, McLean, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, McLean didn't. So just from Merton, so we had Isotta who buzzed in six times, Butchard three times, and O'Shehan uh, seven times, four of which he got correct. So pretty impressive stats. Yeah, not bad at all. And also, McLean was definitely very heavily involved in the conversation. Yes, he was. So again, as I keep on reiterating, just because they don't buzz in doesn't mean they don't deserve their place there. They're yeah. definitely helping get the team to where they for are. For sure, for sure. Now, this is where I'm going to be a little bit more critical in that I really feel like Merton needs to get better at their team discussions. I think so too. They take far too long and I mm. think part of it might be Butchard the good thing that they do is that they listen to absolutely everyone the downside of that is that they don't 
come to a decision quickly and sometimes on more than one occasion they were starting to answer yeah. and stopped to get another confirmation yeah so i think they definitely can be a lot more assertive in the, the next round that they play for sure and you could tell that it was starting to wear on Paxman because mm. I think that's the most time I've ever heard him say, come on, come yeah, on. Yeah, I think so too. And near the end, you could hear in his voice, like, come on, please, we have a television show to film here. Yeah, so I think as captain, you know, sometimes when your teammates are clearly unsure, then that that's a call for you to just pass or take a risk on an answer that is in your head. But, you know, to take too long to confer, it's not good for either of the teams. Yeah, you need to be a little bit more decisive when it comes to these for things. Sure. You know, compare this to Imperial, where mm-hmm. in the last four minutes when he had so much to catch up with. Yeah. Part of the reason why it worked was because Cohen was not afraid to say, we don't know, we're passing. Yeah, definitely. So, so well, we, we hope that, you know, maybe this is just there because it's their first time. I think um, it's probably uh, first time nerves. Again, like uh, Paxman said last episode, it's a very scary place to be. Mm-hmm. And it's well outside everyone's comfort zones, especially for, I think, younger individuals yeah. you know first second year students mm-hmm. so you know it's still an impressive showing but yeah. there needs to be a better uh, next time round. yeah definitely more decisiveness and assertiveness thankfully there will be a next time for them mm-hmm. Wolfson however oh Wolf- well they uh, didn't get in uh, right <laughs> buzz not until 20 minutes in that is I don't think I've seen such a uh, one-sided performance in such a long time yeah close i think attempted a couple of times uh, unfortunately didn't get either of those right yeah thankfully uh he didn't interrupt yeah because that would have been nobody interrupted yeah that would have been monumentally bad actually there were no dropped points this no, time around which was all. impressive although it might have spiced things up a little bit more yeah uh, you know i'm just thinking of um when kings dropped so many points like Triggs, uh, I yeah. saw a very funny, if a slightly mean-spirited gif on uh, Twitter yeah. saying uh, Triggs with a king's point is just a man throwing a garbage bag into a dustbin. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oof, a bit harsh, but you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, especially when it's it's low-scoring matches. Every point counts, yeah, so you can't, sure. really can't afford to, to buzz too early and interrupt. Yeah, well, I feel like they could have been a little bit more uh, decisive in that because, yeah. like you said, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. 20 minutes in, but, you know, it did help. So that first correct answer did give them a little bit of confidence, a little bit of momentum. So Shuing was the only one that got both of his buzzers correct. Yeah. Close a total of three times, but then he didn't get... None of them were correct. Yeah, and then G attempted once. I didn't get that right. Carvosa, towards the end, um, got one right. Yes, he was the last correct answer of the competition yeah so you know I think at that point the damage was already done mm-hmm. there was a little bit of momentum but they couldn't carry through to the very end and you can tell that that defeat weighed heavily on the team Definitely. because they gave an extremely lackluster goodbye at the yeah, end yeah yeah I felt bad I mean I felt bad for them and I understand because it's not nice to have that kind of uh, defeat on mm, national television I think especially coming from Wolfson where the expectations are very high you've got a very famous you know previous contestant as well so. yes who was probably shouting at the TV watching I don't know <laughs> almost definitely even if yeah. he was talking normally it would come out <laughs> quite strongly yeah and then um, just a comment on Captain uh, Wilson's Captain G mm-hmm. um, I felt like he gave the responsibility to the rest of the teammates to answer so I think what was interesting first was that instead of saying I nominate this person he just went oh, I'll let you say this and I'll let you say that which I don't know if that's well formally allowed but I guess it is 
I guess like a lot of tea uh, stuff in Britain, there are probably a lot of arbitrary rules about what you're meant to say and proceedings and what so because mm. it's the UK. Yeah. But I'm sure that because the time crunch was on, Paxman was like, okay, I'll let it yeah, slide. Yeah, because I remember in previous matches, if you didn't explicitly nominate someone, then the answer didn't count. I think so. I think it's just to make sure because sometimes people, what they can't whisper and yeah. the microphones are quite close. Fair so enough. They're probably talking quite loudly. So, so it's just to make sure it's that... it's clear that the captain has passed it on to someone else. Yeah, it's just so that Paxman doesn't incorrectly, uh, you know, say, oh, was that your uh, response? Yeah. Well, anyway, I think um, G's leadership could have been a bit stronger at that point. Maybe he was a, just trying to save as much time as maybe, possible. Honestly, I think a whole lot more could have been improved from Wolfson. And mm. I think that... Now, the plus side is that they'll come back and take a long, hard look and see what they're going to do next season. Mm. Are they going to change something in the, how they train for buzzing? Yeah. Uh, are they going to change how they select uh, their team members? Yeah. We'll have to wait and see because they are definitely not coming back with a score of 40. I think an important tactic is just coping with uh, following Monkman. Yeah, I think that they're going to just... You know, have to pretend he doesn't exist. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're just going to scare away any potential person trying to join. Yeah, which, you know, I hope that's not the case. So, uh, what were some of your favourite questions? I think my favourite question, just because I like movies, was the second mm. picture round, where yes. it was stills of movies, which are based on a previous work that was a short film by the director. Mm-hmm. So, the answers were District 9 by Neil Blomkamp, yeah. Tyrannosaur by... I'm not familiar with the director, unfortunately. And finally, The Babadook, which is a fantastic horror movie, which I've yet to see. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see those. I've seen District 9, not the other two. Yeah, I mean, District 9 is, upon reflection, it truly was an amazing movie, almost a masterpiece, I yeah. would say. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's just unfortunate that uh, Blumkamp hasn't been able to follow it up. Mm. I mean, I thought Elysium was fine. Chappie was definitely a disappointment. Oh, yeah. But he's also been messed around by uh, studios, from mm-hmm. what I can tell. Yeah. But that's a whole lot of conversation. We're not a movie podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite question was um, classical music, musical compositions that appeared in Murakami novels. That was an interesting uh, collection. Not yeah. quite as fun as a Tchaikovsky diss tracks. Definitely but, not. Um, yeah, because um, I've, I like Murakami. I've read a couple of his books. And right. there's definitely an air of melancholy, loneliness, a bit of whimsy to his books. So you could kind of see, um, listening to the actual musical compositions that inspired some of these books, um, it made a lot of sense to me. That's good. I mean, unfortunately, Merton got none of them, correct? Yeah. Actually, that was another thing. Merton, uh, not a good track record with the team uh, answers. Not really. I think especially near the end, mm-hmm. uh, in the, the last round that they got uh, to do team questions, they just passed on all of them. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's about the mall in London, which is not a super exciting uh, question to think about. Yeah, so well, just, just uh, going back a little bit. So courtesy of a really useful Twitter account called UC Stats, Merton Oxford got 16 out of 39 uh, bonus questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was about forty percent. So, like you said, not not very good showing. Um, yeah, and then Wolfson got two out of eight, so twenty five percent. So yeah, but Merton did get the longest streak of correct buzzings. Yep. So with a total of thirteen, they have the series high for that. Which sounds very impressive, but then when you look at the actual show, it's mm. I don't know, it kind of feels a bit of a shame that that's the streak that we got it. Yeah. And. I think part of my disappointment is because last episode was so much more interesting. Yeah. 
because even though it was again a fairly low scoring um, round mm -hmm. because both Kings and York were a delight to watch and the questions were really interesting yeah. and thought provoking mm -hmm. it just was much more engaging I yeah, found yeah. whereas this time questions were a bit obscure they were I feel like they were you know obscure for obscurity's sake rather than you know being an interesting twist on a common theme mm. I don't know I think it's going to be a long time before we have a music round as fun as you know uh, singers singing their own songs in other languages right right <laughs> But uh, I think that's all I really want to say about um, the round itself. Uh, yeah, same here. Before we uh, reveal our, the thing that we teased at the beginning. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm a ghost. I'm just going with it. <laughs> we have to do our patented, highly anticipated... Best dressed. And this time around, my pick uh, was uh, Klaus. Mm -hmm. With this absolutely beautiful uh, stripy jumper yeah I have to agree with you on that one yes with his shocker blonde hair it was an absolute delight to watch mm -hmm. if only we'd seen more of him yeah unfortunately uh, we didn't get much camera time because yeah. he wasn't answering many questions well he, he attempted uh, the most he attempted but uh, I could have done with more of that jumper yeah and I think because everyone else was dressed fairly conservatively a lot yeah. of blues greys and blacks I think his jumper really stood out We've definitely not had a Court Hold Institute of Arts team so far. Mm -hmm. Oh, I miss them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, an important question is, do you think that Merton has what it takes? Um, I think that as long as they are a little bit more assertive and decisive, like we said, then I think they do have what it takes. They, uh, they do have the makings of a strong team. They just have to be much quicker, much more decisive. And um, I think they do have a chance, but they will be up against some very strong teams. We have seen some truly awe-inspiring teams mm. uh, so far. So I feel like they're going to have to really fix the things they're that they're... They're going to have to be willing to take risks. For sure. Yeah. And they need to be faster on these team questions because you don't have the luxury of taking two, three minutes per yeah, question. Yeah, and I think, you know, because they were up against Wilson, um, they had that luxury of time, perhaps. But when they're up against faster, more energetic teams, then I think this strategy, if you can call it that, could fall apart. Yeah, I'm not even sure if it was a strategy. I think it was just, I don't know, uh, you know, nervousness or mm. a lack of uh, wanting to really just say, yes, I know this or let's go for this. Yeah, yeah. So as the second round matches start, you know, in, in a several weeks time, let's see if the teams change their strategies. Let's see if they come back a bit differently than they came the first time. Yeah, well, I mean, some teams definitely need to come back with a better mix of things. Yeah. But anywho, um, before we wrap things up, uh, we our special announcement is... We would like to plug a very special episode that we'll be releasing between this one and episode 11. We have an interview with a particular someone. Mm -hmm. And this special person is actually a contestant. Indeed, a recent contestant. Mm -hmm. Who is it? You're going to have to listen and find out. Yep, so stay tuned for that. That should be out sometime early next week. Yeah, it's probably around the same time you normally hear one of these, uh, depending on uh, release times and so forth. But mm -hmm. uh, just uh, be on the lookout for that one. I think that's it, to be honest. Yeah, so if you've been enjoying listening to us, please give us a follow on Twitter or on Instagram at I Got That One. And please also send us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com. What was that, Tom? It was igtopodcast at gmail.com. Yep, so if you want to share our enthusiasm of this wonderful quiz show, please send us an email and we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to chat. Yeah, and if you have questions for us, you know, we might be open to answering a few questions. Yeah. 
But of course, that depends if you actually are interested in what we are as people or if you just want to hear us talk about University Challenge. That's fine. Yeah, please don't send any death threats. Yeah, please. And yeah, one last thing before we wrap up. Uh, There's one more thing I do want to mention is um, be kind when you're talking about the contestants on uh, the internet. Like, you know, all they get out of this is a trophy which they have to return at the end of the year and bragging rights. Like, come on, they're doing it just out of their pure, wholesome desire to be nerdy on TV. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of us watch this show really out of pure, wholesome love of knowledge. So if we could, you know, keep to that and avoid saying mean or nasty things about people, you know, many of them are nervous. They've not really done this before, so... Yeah, especially cut out anything that is, you know, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, racist, whatever. That's got no place in this conversation. And on that uh, fairly (laughs) strong note, I would say it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.